0: Thank you, Aaron, and choir and orchestra. Find, please, if you have your copy of Scripture, uh, John 21 and Luke 5. While you're finding that, let me remind you that Ethan McVeigh will be ordained right in this room, five o'clock this afternoon. Hope you'll be here. Ethan is a wonderful young minister, and uh, we will celebrate his call at five right here. John 21, let's begin at Luke 5. I'm going to begin at verse 1. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I'll let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. John 21 now, we skip forward um, a couple of books and three years, and we're In chapter 21 of John, the first verse. Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way Simon Peter, Thomas, also called Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them, and they said, Well, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you'll find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. This morning, I want to do something different. I won't do this every year, but I think from time to time, it's important that we that we talk about the state of the church, where we are, and how we are, and where we're going. And I believe I can summarize the state of the church like this uh, The fellowship is sweet, uh, the laughter is contagious, uh, the unity is heartening, the standards are high, the organization is solid, and the leaders are devoted. The needs are great, the opportunities are many and the resources are abundant. The mission is compelling, the spirit is working, and our future is bright. I want to flesh that out a little bit with some examples. The city of Huntsville studies. Uh, traffic patterns and they studied the number of cars that go up and down governor's drive in front of us would you like to just take a silent guess as to how many people every day how many cars travel every day in front of our building 50,649 to be exact Now, some of those are counted coming and going, I'm sure. But however you count it, that's a lot of cars driving in front of our building. Up 4,000 from last year, which speaks, of course, to the growth of our city. Our digital outreach is important and strong. Besides a strong and creative presence on uh, social media, we have TV church that airs at 10 o'clock on Way 31. It's a 30-minute program uh, planned for people who don't know church culture who might be, as we say, unchurched. The Nielsen ratings say that there's 7,000 people every week that are watching TV or Tennessee Valley Church. Of course, we're live here on WHNT, and uh, the ratings uh, folks tell us that 16,500 are watching every uh, Sunday. So our digital outreach is strong and important to us. It's not about the money, of course, but our church family, just like your family, has to have money to function, and the giving is encouraging. The the increase from 2021 to 2022 was significant and very good. I appreciate your faithfulness. The Generations Campaign, to which we contribute to to pay off the construction and the renovation of our children's building, uh, promises to finish strong. We will wrap that up in February. We continue to do our best to be a multi-generational church. A couple of examples. On Wednesdays, we, we, we tweak things a little bit to make it more accommodating for families with kids who have to go get the kids at school and get them here for missions and music. And, and for those others who have to work, come through traffic, we, we try to change that a little bit. And something I've told the leaders for three years but never have told you, and that is every year uh, I preach one sermon less than the previous year to give younger voices the opportunity to speak and you all to see and hear people even younger uh, than I am. My greatest concern is that the number of baptisms decreased from 21 to 22 and that's the most important statistic that we have. Every Tuesday our staff, our ministers pray that the waters of the baptistry would be stirred and I hope you'll join me in praying for that and working toward that whether it's the baptistry in the life center or the baptistry behind me that those sacred waters of the baptistry will be more often stirred and let me say a quick word about those alongside whom I work this is the best church staff I ever have seen the maintenance staff the facility staff they know their stuff well well, thank you I didn't prompt that but thank you The maintenance staff, the facility staff know their stuff, they know their equipment they know this building and this building is used more than any building in the history of church buildings. Every day this place is teeming with people and the setup and the takedown is very demanding and I appreciate them a great deal. The support or administrative staff serve you and they serve the ministers beautifully. They love this church and they serve with a great spirit and work ethic. And the ministers uh, alongside whom I get to serve. Their creativity, the depth of their spirituality, their love for this congregation and their love for Jesus. Their their work ethic, it's just A real honor to serve with them. Thursday, we were meeting with Aaron. Uh, John Lemons, just a kind of a get-to-know-you meeting, and John Lemons said to Aaron, we are tight, and we are. And it is a great honor to serve among the people that I serve with every day. The news is good. The state of the church is strong. However, there is a however. Uh, We live in a rapidly changing world. Duke Corporation Education, by the way, it was Duke, not North Carolina, that came up with this. Duke Corporation Education did a survey. That was a little dig at Aaron over there. Did a survey of CEOs in 2013. This was their two biggest findings, and this is 2013. Challenges are less foreseeable and knowledge is less reliable. In other words, we don't know what's coming and, and we don't know what to do. That was 2013 before the pandemic. So now challenges are even less foreseeable and knowledge even less reliable. The pandemic ushered in for us A whole new world. And never have Jesus' words about fishing in different places and using different methods been more important. Do you remember the story of the shark and the goldfish the goldfish had everything handed to him his the family would just put the food on the top of the water he didn't have to worry about anything but then his his l- little boy took took him to the to the beach and put him in a little puddle of water in the sand and a big wave came and swept the poor goldfish out into the ocean where people didn't supply the food for him anymore and he panicked he wondered how he would eat up swam a shark a friendly sympathetic shark and he said little buddy you're worried he said I don't know how I'm going to eat he said friend you are in a whole new world you can't think like a goldfish anymore you got to think like a shark and away they swam with the shark teaching him how to fish in a world where everything is not provided for you in the 1960s, particularly around here, all, ha- all churches had to do was open their doors, and the fish almost literally jumped into the boat. But a big cultural tidal wave, and then the pandemic have swept us into the ocean, where it's a whole new ball game. There's less receptivity, less interest in church, Less interest in the Christian faith, particularly among educated and white-collar folks. Jesus' words about fishing in different places and using different methodology, uh, that's never been more important. John 21, right after the resurrection, Jesus said, meet me in Galilee. His friends got there first and decided to fish while they waited they fished all night, didn't catch a thing. And a man they didn't recognize from the shore said, haven't you guys caught anything? No, we haven't caught anything. Fish on the other side of the boat, he said. And they thought, well, that's not much of a change. But it couldn't hurt. And they put their nets on the other side of the boat and soon had more fish than Captain D. And then Peter said to, John said to Peter, that man on the shore, you know who that is, right? It is the Lord. And then in, in Luke 5, we back up three years to those days when Jesus was just inviting those fishermen to call him or to follow him and, and he said uh, guys haven't you caught anything no we fished all night haven't caught anything you need to fish in deeper waters he said and as soon as they did their, their nets filled to the point that they were stretched almost beyond capacity and then they called fishermen in other, another boat to come and Help them. That's a really important detail. Four quick truths from those two stories. Uh, Number one, we're not in competition with other boats. If God ever sends spiritual renewal to our part of the world, we will not be able to contain the people. We are not in competition, we are in cooperation with other churches, not in competition. Number two, we must hear the voice of the Savior. How did Peter and John and the others know when to change methods? It wasn't intuition, it wasn't experience, it wasn't even reason. They heard the voice of the Savior. And so together, whether it's the trustees or the missions committee or the church in business session. As mystical as it is, as hard as it is for finite humans to hear the voice of an infinite creator, we must listen for the voice of the Savior. Uh, year, years ago, before GPS, I was in New York City. Some of our staff had gone. This was when I was in Richmond. I, I had been to New York City only once, and I was driving. I didn't know where to go. But Valerie was in the back seat. Valerie used to live in New York City. And so when it was time to turn... I didn't get three or four turns ahead. I just got one by one. When it was time to turn, she'd say, get in the right lane and turn right here. Get in the left lane and turn right there. She was in the back seat telling me where to go. Reminds me of Isaiah 30 that says, you will hear a voice from behind you (laughs) that will say, this is the way, walk in it. Together. Because the Spirit of God inhabits us all. Because we are all ministers, together we have to listen to the voice of the Spirit. We're not in competition with other churches, we listen to the voice of the Savior. Three, we have to fish differently. For decades, the meat and potatoes of church's outreach program was visitation on Monday and Tuesday night, or Tuesday night, we'd get together and get a prospect card and go visit somebody, and people would say, the doorbell would ring, and they'd say, oh, company, come in, have some coffee and cake. Now the doorbell rings, and folks say, oh, my Lord, it's company, what are we going to do? It's a whole new world, and so we have to fish differently. Two ways of fishing I believe God is leading us to. One is fresh expressions, those new forms of church for people highly unlikely ever to come here. When Tim Boone, our new missions minister, gets settled in, we're going to invite you to some further conversations. What are your microcultures? What are your networks? What are your relationships in which we might begin something simple and small, a new form of church for people highly unlikely ever to come here. The second is to plant people in apartments. It won't be long. They're already moving dirt. It won't be long until across St. Clair Avenue. There are going to be 350 units. That's just one of the many apartment buildings going on around here. You heard a couple of weeks ago the people from Apartment Life who plant uh, messengers or ambassadors. They call them coordinators in those apartments. We're going to partner with them. And invite you, those of you who love people, who can throw a party, who love Jesus enough to have a natural conversation about Him, and who love your church enough to invite people here. You get a great apartment at a fraction of the cost, but it ain't about that. It's about being an ambassador in this growing mission field around us. we got to fish differently. Fourth, when the fish come, it tests the system. Remember Jesus said go out and uh, fish in deeper waters. And when they did the nets were strained almost beyond capacity. And when churches find new folks. When younger people or people who don't look like us. Or just more people come. It, sometimes it, it strains, strains the system. Let me tell you a true story about a young pastor who went to his first church. It was a church been there a long, long time. Everybody in the church had the same color hair as I do, and they didn't ask much of him, but they said, just preach and visit us. That's all we want you to do, just preach and visit us. But he would sit in his office on Wednesdays, and he'd, he'd see kids, multitudes of kids coming from church right by the church, uh, from school, right by the church building. He'd see them playing around in the streets right outside the church building, So he got Gladys. Gladys used to play, he said, in a a jazz piano, in a jazz band. He, He said, Gladys, can you play anymore? She said, I'll try. So she started playing. He found two ladies that make peanut butter sandwiches. And so they started inviting those kids in within a few months there were 100 kids gathering on Wednesdays and then they started coming on Sundays in those empty Sunday school rooms once dark and abandoned now were teeming with children and they started bringing their parents and there were young adults everywhere and at the end of his first year when the board evaluated the pastor they fired him because they said it doesn't feel like our church Anymore Some churches dying churches say we don't want to feel different We don't want the system to be strained But good churches say strained nets are better than empty nets and Our community is worth it and our grandchildren are worth it and if it strains the system so be it We're not in competition with other boats We have to hear the voice of the Savior. We're going to have to fish in different ways, different places, and methodologies. And then we're going to have to, we're just going to have to be comfortable with things feeling different. Today's conversation is not just about the health of our institution. And I want you to hear me. This is the most important thing I'll say all morning. This is not just about an institution. That is 213 years old. It's not just about our finances. It's not about just about the buildings and the budgets. This is about, to quote Ephesians 2.12, people who are without hope and without God in the world. There's some people who aren't concerned about that. We must be. There's some churches that don't care about that. We must. I don't mean to be melodramatic, but this is in many ways a life and death conversation. I so believe that William Booth was right. And again, I'm not not trying to be melodramatic. But I believe William Booth was right in 1865 when he founded the Salvation Army. And he said, While women weep as they do now, I'll fight. While little children are hungry as they are now, I'll fight. While men go to prison, in and out, in and out, he said, as they do now, I'll fight. While there is a drunkard left, while there is a poor lost girl upon the streets, while there remains one dark soul without the light of God, I'll fight, he said, I'll fight to the very end. I'm telling you that I'm... I'm ready to fight, not in the sense of the word that you might think. I'm I'm ready to, to renew my commitment to be all in, for this is, I believe, a life and death conversation that we're having. But we can change the world, that's the good news, because the state of the church is strong. The fellowship is sweet, the laughter is contagious, the unity is heartening, the standards are high. The organization is solid, and the leaders are devoted. The needs are great, the opportunities are many, the resources are abundant. The mission is compelling, the spirit is working, and our future is bright.